You are now listening to For For Such a Time as This radio show with Prophetess Epiphany Tanya. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the For Such a Time as This broadcast, podcast, show. Glory to God, glory to God. I'm your host, Prophetess Epiphany Tanya. And what a word we have for you today. Today, we're going to be reading a little bit from a book that I'm studying um, called Nine Fruits of the Spirit. This um, is a devotion series by a man named Robert Strand. You may want to check it out. The one that we're talking about today is going to be patient. So I'm literally just going to read from this book because this book has been blessed in my life. And so we're going to read from this book and we're going to um, dig into some scriptures surrounding um, this this whole message about patience. So glory to God, glory to God. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me. Um, we're going to go before the Lord in prayer as we're accustomed to do. Father God, in the name of Jesus, bless this program and this recording. Lord God, let this um, be fruitful, Father God. Let it fall on good ground. Break up the follow ground and let your word fall on good ground of the listeners, Lord God. Let them be good ground, mind, body, soul. Let us be good ground, mind, body, soul. Let me more of you. Anoint these lips of clay. Have your own way. Use me. Say what you want to say. And we thank you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen and amen. So, introduction of this book. I mean, I'm literally going to just read the, um, the introduction because this is going to be powerful. It's going to bless your life. Glory to God. So introduction, there's an ancient story out of the Middle East which tells of three merchants crossing the desert. They were traveling at night in the darkness to avoid the heat of the day. As they were crossing over a dry creek bed, a loud attention demanding voice out of the darkness commanded them to stop. They were then ordered to get down off their camels, stoop down and pick up pebbles from the creek bed and put them into their pockets. Immediately after doing as they had been commanded, they were then told to leave that place and continue until dawn before they stopped to set up camp. This mysterious voice told them that in the morning they would be both sad and happy. Understandably shaken, shaken, they obeyed the voice and traveled on through the rest of the night without stopping. When morning dawned, these three merchants anxiously looked into their pockets. Instead of finding the pebbles as expected, they were precious jewels and they were both happy and sad. They were happy that they had picked up some of the pebbles, but sad because they hadn't gathered more when they had the opportunity. The fable expresses how many of us feel about the treasures of God's word. There is coming a day when we will be thrilled because we have absorbed so much as we have, but sad because we had not gleaned much more. Jewels are best shown off when held up to a bright light and slowly turned so that each polished facet can catch the light, catch and reflect the light. Each of these nine jewels of character will be examined in the light of God's word and how best to allow them to be developed in the individual life. That is how I feel about the following three verses from Paul's writing, which challenge us with what their Christian character or personality should be and what it should look like. Jesus Christ has boiled down a Christian's responsibility to two succinct commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and body and love your neighbor like yourself. 
Likewise, Paul, the apostle, has captured for us the Christian personality in nine traits. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that's in Galatians 22 through 25. I'm sorry, Galatians 5, 22 through 25. Glory to God. So you probably want to take note of that scripture. That's a good place to park yourself and, and uh, absorb and meditate in that Galatians 5, 22 through 25, because this message about the fruits of the Spirit, I'm just going to um, veer off a little bit from the book, but this message about the fruits of the Spirit is one that every Christian believer should have and know and have studied and meditated on. It should be a place that we stay in. We should stay in this place of Galatians 5, 23 through 25. I think it's so easy to get thrown off. It's very easy to lose focus. It's very easy to forget where we need to be and what we need to be displaying. We need to always be displaying the fruits of the spirit. So when you see yourself living a life that's opposite to what these fruits represent, when you see, if you go up in that scripture in Galatians 5 and you see all the things that are the works of the flesh actually and not the fruits of the spirit and you see any of those things operating in your life that means that you veered off from the holy spirit and you're not living and walking in the spirit because when you live and walk and breathe in the spirit then these fruits should come through your life glory to god he said we shall know them by their fruit check the fruit he said try the spirit by the spirit and and as uh non-believers looking on the on the outside looking in they will know us by our love, Jesus said. And that's one of the greatest of all the fruits is love. So when we find ourselves in a place of anger, we find ourselves in a place of unforgiveness, we find ourselves in a place of stress, when we find ourselves in a place of worry, we find ourselves in a place of confusion or fear, or any of those things that are opposite of these fruits, I'm telling you the answer, beloved. It's because you veered off and you've gotten away from the scriptures. You've gotten away from the Holy Spirit. You've gotten away from the word of God because in the word it's clear. He said, there are two commandments that we're to live by. It's loving the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And it's loving our neighbors as ourselves. And then he gives us these fruits. Glory to God. This, these fruits of love, greatest one, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you find yourself in a place of something opposite of love, which could be fear, fear is the opposite of love, glory to God, pride. If you find yourself in the place of these things, then you know that you're not in the spirit. If you find yourself sad and depressed, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not walking in the spirit. If you find yourself absent of peace, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not walking in the spirit. If you find yourself impatient and you can't have an understanding and a peace for somebody else, you can't give them a break or a chance. You get real upset when they take too long to do something or you can't get your way fast enough. You're not walking in the fruits of the spirit. If you find yourself being mean and snapping on people and irritable and impatient, 
you're not following the fruits of the spirit. He said kindness. He said goodness. If you find yourself not doing good for others, that's not walking in the fruits of the spirit. If you find yourself unfaithful, you're not walking in the fruits of the spirit. If you find yourself being too rough and you're not being gentle, he said gentleness. You're not walking in the fruits of the spirit. If you find that you can't control yourself, you're not walking in the fruits of the spirit. So we have to stay parked in this word. Galatians 5, 22 through 25. Let's get in this word. Let's meditate on it. Let's spend some time. If you have to schedule some time, you know, you think about the fact we schedule time for everything else that we want to do. If you work, you make sure you get to work on time. You make sure that you're clocking in because you want that paycheck. If it's um, time to eat, we make sure we set up those three meals a day. We make sure that we get food in our stomach. If it's uh, hanging out with our friends, if it's whatever it is, talking on the phone, if it's um, creating a business, if it's writing a book, if it's any of these things that we want to do, glory to God, gossiping. If it's any of these things we want to do, we make time for it, glory to God. Watching TV, we make time for that. Watching movies, we make time for that. Playing on our phones, we make time for that. On social media, we make time for that. But when it comes to developing our Christian character, where are we making time for that? We have to be making sure that that's a top priority in our lives. Because it's the word of God. He said the word of God is powerful. It's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. If you sit in the word, if you speak the word, if you meditate on the word, if you spend time in the word, it's no way possible your life can't be changed. It's no way possible that you won't ward off depression. It's no way possible that you won't ward off stress. It's no way possible you won't come out of this place of impatience with people. It's no way possible if you stay in the word, you get in the word and you park yourself there, glory to God. It's no way possible. Now trials are going to come and you're going to, if you're a Christian believer, he said, you're going to, you're going to suffer. You're going to face trials. He said, um, you'll, you'll have trouble in this world, but he said, be of good courage because he overcame the world. Glory to God. So yes, I'm not saying that you do these things and everything's going to be hunky dory and your life is going to be perfect. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if we want to be successfully living this Christian life, we want to be successfully following Christ, then here is some instructions for us. And see, I was talking to a um I was talking to a, a, a another woman of God the other day, and I was saying that uh you know about she asked me about deliverance. I had actually two, this this was a common thing. I had two different uh sisters in Christ that we had a conversation, they were talking about deliverance. And so they said, um, you know, I was talking about this one lady. I think her name is Lana Vassar. She's on uh, she's on YouTube. And so I come across her video and she was preaching this message about the daughters of God and um, the warfare that's been against us. And so it was a very timely word and prophetic word from the Lord. And I'm not a follower of hers, but sometimes God will just allow me to come across certain things because that's him speaking to me. And so I was telling about her. So then some kind of way it was, it was mistaken that this woman was a deliverance person. So this person that I was talking to, she calls me back and she says, what was the woman's name again? Excuse me. She called me back. She said, what was the woman's name again? She was talking about that was of deliverance. And I was like, huh, deliverance? What are you talking about? I never remembered having a conversation about deliverance. I said, oh no, she's a, um, she's prophetic. She's a prophet, prophetess. It's Atlanta Vassar. And so, um, you know, so it was this whole conversation about the difference between deliverance and prof prophecy. And I said, I said, you know, you can get deliverance from prophecy, right? I don't know if people know this because, you know, you have deliverance preachers and ministers and you have prophetic 
uh, prophets and, and people that walk in the office of the prophet and the prophetic gifts and you have all that, right? But you can actually gain deliverance from prophecy and from the prophetic. And so if anybody's confused as to how that is, because as a prophet from God that I've been, you know, uh, I don't know how many times I've been called that, called out, different prophetic words spoken over my life. I may not have ever gone through anybody's ordination service. I'll just be transparent about that. But I will tell you that I've had it repeated over me from different men and women of God. So anyway, um, you can get deliverance from prophetic instructions. If you follow and obey the prophetic instructions, you will have deliverance on your life. Okay. How do I, how do I justify this? What's my evidence or proof? Look at the prophet, look at the prophet and how, um, the, uh, he told Naaman, the prophet told Naaman, go dip yourself in the Jordan seven times, go dip yourself in the river seven times for his healing to come. And when he, and he didn't want to follow it. He didn't want to go to that river. That was a dirty river in their time in their day. He did not want to listen to the instructions. And then he had a servant that was a servant message. It came through a servant girl that was like a slave girl. I'm sure he probably didn't want to listen to her either. How are you going to take instructions from the person that you're leading or that's under you, your subordinate, a slave girl? Okay. But he had a choice to make whether he was going to follow the simple prophetic instructions to get his deliverance or not. So when it comes to prophecy, your, your deliverance can come. It's not always about someone laying hands on you. Um, that's wonderful and great. If you have that, you can go to a church service. You know, we living in a time right now where churches are being, um, are being discouraged from gathering together. We live in a time where pastors are being arrested and that people are, the churches have been disbanded. You can gather and do anything else. You can gather and protest. You can gather and uh, do anything else you want to do. But when it comes to coming together and worshiping God, that's, you know, that's been pretty much banned. Right. So, but here's the thing. You can get prophetic instruction without nobody laying hands on you, without being in the same room as them. Right now, you're getting some prophetic instructions through this word in Galatians 5, 22, 23 through 25. I'm sorry. You're getting some prophetic instructions. So if you take heed and you go and sit yourself, and I like to say park yourself, park yourself in this word, get in it and stay in it until you see the change. Get in it and stay in it until you see the change come. Get in it and meditate on it until it comes through you. You got to eat it to become it. We got to eat the word to become like him because he is the word. So the more you eat the word, the more you'll start looking like Jesus. Glory to God. So get in it, stay in it, meditate on it, spend time with it, study it, schedule it, schedule that time with the Lord to just sit in this word and just meditate on it and just let it run through your mind. Let it cleanse out the cobwebs and the junk and the gunk that's in your mind. Take that word and apply it to your life so that your whole entire life can be changed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's, let's, let's proceed. Let's keep reading because we have more time here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Let's keep going with this, this message. But this is a good word and message. So he says, at the very beginning of the study, I must point out a subtle yet obvious distinction. The fruit of the spirit is a composite description of what the Christian lifestyle and character traits are all about. An unbroken whole. We can't pick only the fruit we like. Come on now, somebody. We can't pick only the fruit we like. Unlocked in these nine portra portraits are the riches of a Christian Christ-centered personality. The thrill of the search is ahead of us. Glory to God. 
And now we're going into talking about patience in this book. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just think it's so interesting. I'm going to stop. I'm going to veer off for a little bit again. I think it's so interesting because if any of you listen to my podcast and you know who I am, Prophetess Epiphany Tanya, and you know I wrote several books now, and I have a book, my latest book, which is God's Diamonds. And God has been taking me through a series of messages having to do with us being God's precious gems and jewels. He's been dropping this revelation in my spirit for almost three years now about us being precious gems and jewels. I just think it's interesting that this book starts off with this this story about these merchants and these jewels. So there are jewels and nuggets that God has for us, and he's also desiring to turn us into one of them. He's trying to turn us into a jewel and a nugget. He has you on the road. If you're not one of his diamonds, he has you on the road to becoming a diamond, a jewel, a gem for him. Because like you saw in that story, they held up the gem to the light and that's when it sparkled and shined. But you don't get no sparkle and shine from a gem until it's held up to the light. So we can't shine for the king unless the king is shining in us. And these fruits of the spirit is one way, main way that God can shine in and through us, through his fruits of his spirit. Because when those fruits are coming through, that's the light shining out. When I'm walking in patience, when I'm walking in love, when I'm walking in joy, when I'm walking in peace, these are the way that the fruit is shining. That's the way that the fruit is causing the diamonds to shine. Glory to God. Glory to God. Shiny fruit. Wow. That's that's a message right there. Shiny fruit. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm going to call this message shiny fruit. Okay. Glory to God. Patience. Okay, so um, Mac Ruthomia, Mac Ruthomia, meaning forbearance, long suffering, fortitude, long suffering, long enduring, and patience. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. Have you ever exclaimed or prayed, Lord, I want patience and I want it now? What we fail to recognize is that the Lord has been patiently waiting to give us patience long before we even thought of asking for it. Now, I'm going to stop right there and just say, I don't know what this man is talking about because I'm not praying for patience, <laughs> even though I know I need it. I actually rather just meditate in the scripture of Galatians 5 because we don't understand. He said, tribulation produces patience. So sometimes you pray for patience, you may get some tribulation there. But if you're OK with that, then that's OK with me. So you like it. I love it. So anyway, we're moving on. So we even um, God doesn't have to try to be patient. He just is. Glory to God. I'm so thankful that he is patient with us through all of our ups and downs, our ins and outs of all the fruits of the spirit. It's easier to joke about patience than it is to become a patient person. As you can see from my joke I just made. Before we get too far into the study, I must make a confession. I am not an expert on this subject. I'm still learning. I think we all are still learning. Glory to God. I'm still a process. It's still a process over which there is a lot of struggle going on. My God, he's preaching good right now. Patience is something I have to continually keep working on. Too often there is a churning going on inside of us. Mm, My God. So if you understand this, perhaps we will be fellow learners, fellow travelers together. All of us are still in search of more patience, especially how to develop a harvest of fruit called patience. The benefits of developing patience are more than worth the process and pain. So fellow Christian, let's embark on this study together. And I'll just read you. It's like um, in this book, he has like different various little 
uh, quotes pulled out. And I'll read you this quote. He said, lack of patience, lack of patience can poison relationships and too often ruins what would otherwise be wonderful and maybe even brilliant personalities. So that was a quote that he pulled out. I'll just say that again. Lack of patience can poison relationships and too often ruins what would otherwise be wonderful and maybe even brilliant personalities. Glory to God. When dealing with the subject at hand, have you learned of the Chinese bamboo tree? Glory to God. The Chinese plant the seed, water, and fertilize it. But the first year, nothing happens. The second year, they water and fertilize it, and still nothing happens. No sign of life bursting through the earth. The third and fourth year, they water and fertilize it. And sometime during the course of the fifth year, in a period of about uh, several weeks, this bamboo tree grows to a height of approximately 90 feet. The question is, did it grow 90 feet in those several weeks, or did it grow 90 feet in five years? The obvious answer is that it took all of the five years because without the nurture and care of the preceding period of time, there would be no tree. Now, another question, when does a person develop patience at the point of the new birth? How long does it take to cultivate this fruit to maturity? What does it take to make the process happen? The special application of this quality of character is most often exhibited in our dealing with other people. Relationships. Perhaps it's easier to approach this from the negative side. Lack of patience can poison relationships and too often ruins what would otherwise be wonderful and maybe even brilliant personalities. We understand the opposite of patience is temper, shortness with other folk, and very destructive and is very destructive to long-lasting relationships. Glory to God. Glory to God. So that was that quote that he pulled out that was on the side. When dealing with patience, we all must acknowledge it is the little things that seem to drive us to despair. The enemy of our souls doesn't often concentrate on the big battles, but continuously pounds away at the little things. Because we are prepared to handle the big things, we fail to recognize the continued erosion going on. The unknown poet of the following has captured our threat and dilemma. I thought if defeat came to at all, it would be in a big, bold, definite joust or definite joust with a cause or a name. And it came. I had not thought the daily skirmish with a few details worthwhile. And so I turned my back upon them year on year until one day. A million minutiae blanketed together rose up, rose up and overwhelmed me. Oh, how elusive patience can be. And just think of all the little enemies we deal with on a daily basis that do all within their power to destroy any vestige of patience we might have or have attempted to cultivate. In, in the natural, the cultivation of the fruit of patience is well nigh impossible. How do I know that? Because I have attempted it without the help of the spirit at work within. We are so vulnerable to these little foxes that are spoiling the vines. But do not despair completely. There is hope, real hope. It's found in the word of God. So I'm going to stop there. Glory to God. 
I'm going to stop and just, you know, just have just deposited that little bit into your spirit. Let that be a seed that has been planted on tonight, on today, glory to God, um, for you to receive this message and this word about patience and the fruits of the spirit. Glory to God. Um, unfortunately, this is the only book of the series I have right now. I had others and I, you know, they were lost uh, over a period of time, but I pray to be able to get some of the other books um, going. And so I think this is a series I'm going to start doing on the show um, of reading different books that are really uh, powerful in the Lord that have really helped. I know help bless my life and maybe um, Lord willing will help bless yours. And so you probably want to look this up, the nine fruits of the spirits, like these little books. It's a devotion series. Robert Strand um, looks like something good that you might want to check out. So glory to God. So that's all I have for you today, beloved. Um, it was just a short message. I wanted to share with you this message about patience that God is um, working on me and probably been working on me for a long time. It's not an easy area for most of us. And so it's some place we really need to focus our attention on. You know, I've, you know, I often um, minister to people, mentor people come to me. They may ask questions about spiritual things, knowing that I'm the spiritual person. And so sometimes people want to know like, okay, well, if you say read the Bible, okay, I don't know what to read, which way to go, which way to turn, like, you know, such a big book. I don't know where to start. And so my advice besides starting in the gospels, that's always a good place to start is uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. John in particular is a good book to start with. And if you want to just start a Bible reading, Bible study, John is an excellent book for the beginning new Christian. But besides that, I would say whatever area in your life where you're struggling, Whatever area in your life where you know you need to work on that and you know that that's an area that has long since brought you problems and trouble, I would say that's the area of scriptures you need to be in. So if you know that patience is an issue for you, then you need to be in this Galatians 5 and you need to be studying and meditating on that and writing it out and just spending a lot of time there to develop that area of your life. If you know that finances is a, a big, you know, thing for you or you you know poverty that poverty curse has been against your family for um centuries or whatever generations, then you may want to be in some scriptures that's talking about prosperity and money. See, prosperity has its uh place and there's a balance to it because it's, it's there to balance out poverty. It is there to uh, cast out a poverty mentality when you start talking about prosperity. And it's not just money. Prosperity can be in a lot of different areas of your soul. You can have prosperity of your spirit, have prosperity of um, health, you know, and be healthy. So prosperity, you know, but whatever the area is, whatever the area is, you know, um, even physical issues that people are having. So, you know, I, I will say that heart issues is something that has gone on in my family. And I say that because we have to understand that any physical ailment that people deal with, there's a spiritual battle going on behind that thing. So if you think about the heart, when he stood up there and said, love, love your neighbors as yourself, when he said, so the issue that's in my family that I see is a lot of people have no love, and they have a lot of unforgiveness and they hold grudges against each other. So it's no surprise that they would have heart problems that run throughout the family. Because if you're holding on to unforgiveness, if you're holding grudges against people, then you're going to, you know, that's going to produce something in your life. So then what do I want to do? I want to be in those scriptures about love and forgiveness. I want to park myself in the scriptures of love and forgiveness because I'm not trying to see that fruit produced in my life that's something opposite to that. So we got to sit and, and park ourselves in the place where we want to be. 
You know, you got to invest in what you want to see. You got to speak what you want to see. You got to put inside of you what you want to see come out of you. Because, you know, and I'm guilty myself, so I'm not just pointing a finger at anybody else. I point it first at myself. I preach it myself first. So I say, like, you know, parking myself on some gossip reality TV show is not going to produce the fruit in my life that I want to see. It's not going to bring no money to my pocket. You know, sometimes even for men, like you guys get so caught up in uh, the sports. But I just one thing I've always struggled with about sports, football and basketball, like how is watching somebody else who's making millions of dollars run up and down a court supposed to benefit your life? I just do not get that at all. Like and if I'm the one running up and down the court making the millions, that makes more sense to me. But the way some people I had a have a cousin that this man would go crazy. He would almost tear up the house during a, a football game. He would literally like shout in people's faces, scream up and down. I mean, my grandmother would be so disturbed with him. But this was his life. That football was like his God. So, you know, we just have to be so careful. What are we feeding ourselves? Because whatever we're feeding ourselves, that's what's going to be producing. That's what's going to come out in our life. So for me, I want these, I want this fruit of the spirit. I want the fruits of the spirit to come through me so bad. And that's my goal. And that's my heart. So I hope and pray you would join me in that mission of desire and want that for yourself as well. But this is Epiphany Tanya. This is been the for such a time as this broadcast show glory to God please I implore you I beseech you to go out and get any one of my books sister issues misunderstood the marriage purpose all the king's daughters God's diamonds and now I have uh, two new books that are on the horizon that are coming that you want to watch out for They're going, I'm going to make them available for about 99 cent download I think from here on out I may do a whole series of 99 cent books because I just keep trying to remove barriers for people no excuse no excuses anymore of why you can't get delivered no excuses why you can't get this information no excuses why you can't be blessed I have blessings in these books, the scriptures in these books, prayers in these books, word is in this, these books, journals. I have journals in God's Diamonds, a journal journal book. You can journal through it. So much. It's whatever you need. It's there. It's there for you. So go on Amazon. It's under my name, Latanya Epiphany Richardson. New, new, two new books. Uh, the black, the truth about the black man Exodus. You want to know what's going on with the black men? Why is this there? This attack on their lives right now. And the next book is The Road to the Breakthrough. Um, I see myself writing some books on money as well. I see myself writing a book about uh, the road to millionaire status. Um, I see myself writing a book um, about um, marketing entrepreneurs for marketing. And I see myself writing books about writing, how to write creatively. Um, I see myself writing a lot of different books. So I hope that you would Eventually, eventually on one of these books, you're going to jump aboard. I hope I don't have to get to always to 50 books before you wake up and get the revelation of what God is trying to say to you. So anyway, glory to God. Glory to God. This is my time. I love you, beloved. Um, Nothing you can do about it. Go be great on purpose. Whatever you're going through, remember that God is turning it around for you. Who knows if you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this? God bless you. Peace.